It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Trey. Thank you for joining us for a Thursday edition as we kind of creep closer and closer to the holiday season and Christmas. Thank you for your questions. They are one of the highlights of my week, and it's also a highlight of my week when I get to talk to Mary Langston. How are you? I'm doing fine, Trey. How are you? Thanks for having me. I have no complaints, and um, I really never thought about like having anyone else. I, it never entered my mind to have someone else do this with me, so you're welcome. Well, you're very kind. We have a lot of great questions this week, and I agree with you. I'm so thankful they sent us their questions, and I always look forward to hearing what you're going to say to them, especially the sports one, because I learned something new. Um, You must have started from a real learning deficit if you ever (laughs) learn anything new when I answer a question. You must have, like, started at zero. (laughs) Well, we know that's not true, but, but I guess we better get started. I hope everyone's had a great week so far. We'll start with Matt in Texas. He writes, if the purpose of these committee hearings is to get information and a better understanding from the source, shouldn't the committee members attend all or most of the hearings? Matt from the great state of Texas, uh, the answer to your question. So there was an introductory clause and then there was the question. The answer to your question, which is, should committee members attend all or most of the hearings? is yes. There's a slight caveat, which I'll give you. Uh, Many members are on multiple committees. Um, I was on four committees, which is actually probably one more than you're supposed to be on. Mm. Uh, Certainly more than most. I think maybe one other member was on four committees. Many committees meet at the same time. And and the reason for that is you you have votes, kind of in the middle of the day, and then you have votes at night. So it's not like you have an unlimited number of options from which to choose when you're going to have your committee hearings. And and there's all the stuff that doesn't involve committee hearings. So I was on four. They oftentimes met at the same time. So you have to pick. I'm, I'm going to go here for a little while, and then I'm going to come here for a little while. And of course, Mary Langston was with me and Washington for a good part of the time I was up there. You have people stop by that have issues and questions and concerns. And she was so good about like bringing them to where I was. I, I never, from the time I left my office in the morning until I time I got back at night, I was almost never in my office. You're always somewhere. Now, I'm not naive. All members are not working when you don't see them on television, but many are. So the fact that you see empty chairs, you are right to, like, question. I wonder where that member is. But at least entertain the possibility that he or she is at another committee hearing or, you know, meeting with the legislative drafting staff to work on a bill or doing something else work related. That said, um, hearings are not where you get information. So the prefacatory clause before your question, if the purpose of these committee hearings is to get information. Matt, I can tell you, I I, I would struggle to think 
of anything less calculated to get you information than a congressional committee hearing or you have five minutes. If the purpose were to get you the maximum amount of reliable information, if that were the purpose, then you would not have five-minute time limits and there would be rules, like the same rules we have in court that are designed to separate reliable information from unreliable information. We have a lot of rules in court, and that's the goal, is to get you the reliable information. We don't have that in Congress. The number one tool to get you reliable information is cross-examination. You cannot do that in five minutes. The real information comes from documents and physical evidence and testimony in longer forms, like depositions. I was talking to my old colleague, and still friend John Lee Radcliffe earlier this week about the hours and hours and hours we spent in depositions or transcribed interviews questioning witnesses. And even, I mean, there was one day we were literally in a room for 14 hours, 14 hours interviewing someone, and we still had questions at the end. And so you think, okay, 14 hours and two guys that used to do it for a living couldn't even get all their questions answered. And so we're going to tomorrow go into a committee hearing and give them five minutes. Committee hearings, Matt, are for television, plain and simple. And yes, you are correct. I am on television, and that may sound a little bit hypocritical. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) But it's still true. Committee hearings are for TV, plain and simple. There were some very good questioners when I was there. Not a single one of the good questioners, not a single one, would defend hearings as they currently are, over depositions or transcribed interviews as a a method or means by which you gather information. The ones who like hearings are the superficial prima donnas who just want to make the news. So you're right to ask where your member is. I would say if you want the maximum amount of information, the last thing you're going to do is say, I mean, think about it. I mean, we, we go see the doctor and say, okay, doc, you've run all my tests. You have five minutes. Tell me what's going on. I mean, we would never do that. Or you get somebody to come look at what's wrong with your house. Okay, you get five minutes. We we don't put artificial time limits. Like on you certainly don't do it in court. I never had a judge say, okay, Trey, you get to cross-examine the defendant, but you got to do it in five minutes. Cross-examination sometimes takes days. And yet we do it in five minutes. It is purely done for television and for theater and Maybe it's fun to watch. I don't know. I don't I don't watch it anymore, but it's certainly not good for getting information. Well, thank you so much, Trey. And thank you, Matt, for that question. You think I'm Our wrong, next... Mary Langston? You were there. I mean, I think you're completely right. And you're you're so right that you were on four committees and it was very busy. You had to jump from here to there, have meetings in between people grabbing you in the hallways. It's a very busy day. It's not what you would think it would be like. No. And I was just sitting there thinking, um, Uh, I served under two speakers, both of which had a couple of special projects for me while I was there. Not just Mm -hmm. me, but a few a few others, too. And it doesn't even like you wake up in the morning thinking, you know, what your day is going to be like. And it doesn't include surprises. It wasn't me going off to fundraise. I mean, Mm -hmm. I do hear that from time to time that, you know, all members of Congress are all fundraising. I never set foot in the building where you were supposed to go to fundraise. I never set foot in that building to fundraise. There, mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. and But you're right. There are members who, who don't participate in the hearings, and you're, and you're fair to ask why. 
mm-hmm. but but lots of them are doing other stuff that you would find important. You just don't see it. So, well, well said, Trey. Our next question is from David. It's also related to Congress. He writes, "What was your reason for leaving Congress, and has that worked well for you and your family?" And lastly, has this transition worked well for some of your colleagues? Oh, David, you know, I I just I didn't enjoy most of it. I I really, really enjoyed the job I had before that one. I love being in a courtroom. That's the honestly, I know this sounds weird, but some people don't like public speaking. Some people don't like what it would take to be a courtroom lawyer. But I loved it. It was my favorite place in the world to be. Their rules. The jury is fair. The jury takes an oath, you know, swears an oath to God to be fair. Facts matter. The verdict is sound. The verdict is something that you know people struggle with. They struggle to do the right thing for the right reasons. And you contrast that with politics, which is just simply about winning. I mean, in politics, the facts don't really matter. Political. Parties treat their own differently from the way they treat their opponents. Fairness, actually, in politics, fairness is seen as a weakness. I mean, it's seen as a weakness. And in the courtroom, it is the highest virtue. So for a little while, I missed my friends, but um, but it wasn't that long. I talked to Tim Scott daily. I still do. But he was great when I left, and he and Radcliffe and and McCarthy, you know, they did a great job of, of because I left before any of them left. They did a great job of making sure I still kind of felt like I was part of what was going on up there and sort of knew what was going on. I had friends that were working in President Trump's administration. They also did a really good job of, you know, you don't feel like you've been, you know, kind of forgotten. Mm. But then, you know, Ratcliffe left and I, I do more things with him now. Probably even then I did when I was there. Kevin is leaving soon. So, you know, imagine staying in school. It's one thing to be in school while all your friends are there. It's another thing to stick around when all your friends are graduated. I mean, maybe you make new friends, maybe you don't, but it's just a time in the season. It was time to leave. Um, How's it worked out for me? Well, I get to live with a Swedish human being on the face of the earth in South Carolina. And I get to work with the second Swedish human being on the face of the earth and Mary Langston. Mm. So I think, it, I think it worked out pretty good for me. I used to say I left because I didn't like it and I wasn't good at it. That's what I used mm. to say. And then my wife does not like it when I say that. <laughs> so in her honor, I'm going to amend it. I did not like it. And I didn't and don't ever want to get good at it. Mm. I don't want to be good at being unfair. I don't want, I never, ever, the thought of convicting an innocent person is as reprehensible to me as a prosecutor as it would be to a defense attorney or the person himself or herself. Mm. I don't want to get good at that. I, I want to win because I'm supposed to win and because I outprepared and I had better facts. I don't want to cheat to win. And so how's it going to work out for my colleagues? Some of them, quite frankly, they, did you see Lord of the Rings? I did. You know how Gollum or Schmeagel or whatever his name was? I mean, he really loved that little ring. He he had a hard time parting with it. He did. He called it his precious, and he was very angry if anybody got near it. 
And that's the way some members are with their member pen. I mean, I remember, I mean, you see them, they have it on their lapel or wherever ladies would wear it. And Mm -hmm. I never saw a woman do it, but I saw plenty of men. I mean, their hand, it's almost like they want to touch it to make sure it's still there. And then (laughs) no one, no one, like you're treated differently when you leave. You're, you're no longer, you know, you, you know, this cause we work together. N- nothing drives me more nuts than seeing the word honorable on an mm. invitation. I can't stand it, but you're no longer called things that you used to be called. You're no longer called chairperson. And for some people that is very hard. And for the rest of us, we have gone back to the anonymity that we crave. So it was never hard for me. Some of my friends, it will be tough for. I was talking to Kevin yesterday. There will be tough nights. The State of the Union was a tough night for me because, you know, I got to, I sat with Tim and you're listening to the leader of the free world in a packed, in a packed house floor. And it's exciting. And you don't get to do that anymore. But actually, Mary Langston, I still can go back. Former members can go back to the floor of the house. And I never have. I mean, it's been, what, five years now? Mm-hmm. So obviously it didn't mean anything to me. P- people react differently when they leave things. Some people can do without the applause and the attention. And some people cannot. That was that was not a problem for me. I I get to live with Terry. I get to work with Mary Langston and... You know, that's that's better than being in Congress. Well said, Trey. Thank you so much for answering that. Thank you, David. We'll answer more of your questions when we come back. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Meg from Texas asked about the recent spate of retirements from Congress and what does it mean? Uh, it's not a fun job, and it's getting worse. You know, mm. Patrick McHenry, chair of financial services, which is considered an A committee, certainly a high, high, high B plus, but probably an A committee. He's leaving. Kevin's leaving. The ones there are others that are leaving. The ones that are staying, um, you know, maybe they just have more hope for me that things than I do that things are going to change, or maybe they're content just you know with their social media presence and. It's it's really not about being part of government. It's just, you know, it's Hollywood for people that aren't that talented and aren't that attractive. Maybe, maybe that I don't. Here's what I do know. Um, we're not having a hard time recruiting people to run for open house seats. But I mean, you ask yourself, would you run? Do, I mean, people that you respect and know the best, are they interested in being part of the current political environment? It's just. It never, the job was never what people thought it was anyway. You're not surrounded by Hollywood starlets and famous people, and you're one of 435. You have no power. The only power comes if you're in the majority. And what we've seen lately is you can be in the majority and still kind of waste that. So I'm not surprised. You just get to this point in life where you look in the mirror and you say, is is this all there is? Is this really what I want to do? You think about Kevin. Kevin didn't live in Maryland or Northern Virginia. He lived in California. Think about crisscrossing the country every week 
to go to work. Mm. The moment you land, there are people in your office. You know, you can't very well say, you know, I got jet lag. I mean, can you just leave me alone for a little while? And meanwhile, you got people back home who are three hours behind you and, you know, they forget, well, he's on East Coast time now. Let me call him anyway. It's it was never, I think, the way the media portrays being in Congress. That was never my experience. And a fun night for me was eating dinner with a couple of colleagues walking back across the street to go back to my office. That's a typical night. There's no, there's no, there are no parties. There are no like meeting famous dignitaries. You you go to dinner with your friends, you go check on your family. You may watch a British crime drama and you go to bed. So they're leaving because the job is, um, was never that amazing and it's getting a lot worse. Well, thank you so much, Trey. And thank you, Meg, for that question too. Our last question is sports one from Tracy in Colorado. She writes, do you think the college football playoff committee got it right? She also says she's a a biased Alabama fan. Oh, Tracy from the great state of Colorado. Um, Where to start? I I feel so sorry for Florida State. I, I, I really do. Honestly, genuinely. Also for Georgia, quite frankly. For Florida State and Georgia, feel awful for them to to go undefeated like FSU did, to beat Florida with a backup quarterback, to beat Louisville with a third string quarterback, to win a Power Five conference in the ACC, which by the way includes you know Miami and Clemson and North Carolina and NC State and some good football teams. Georgia undefeated for how long? Had a couple of starters that were dinged up. You know, they're, you know, Brock Bowers was not 100% and had some linebackers out. Lost to Alabama, who apparently is one of the best four teams in the country, by a field goal. And they dropped from first to sixth. So I feel awful for Florida State and Georgia. The question we have to ask ourselves, I think, Tracy, is what 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 are we trying to do? What is the goal? Is the goal to find the four best teams? Because, and I'm going to make a lot of people mad when I say this, and I don't want to. That's not my, um, that is not my intention. So, But passions run high when it comes to college football. So I know people are going to get upset with me when I say this. And that's okay. They have a right to be upset. And I may be wrong. But if it were the best four teams, I would not put Michigan in. And I know people say, well, how in the world could you say that? They beat Penn State and they beat Ohio State. Yes. The Big Ten is not as tough to play in as other conferences are. Uh, Michigan lost to TCU last year. TCU got run out of the building by Georgia, run out of the building. So if you, Michigan is a fantastic football team, but if you ask me who are the best four teams, I, I would say Texas, Washington, Georgia, and Alabama. If you ask me, if you ask somebody else who the best four teams were, they'd give you someone else. Someone would make an argument for Ohio State because the only game Ohio State lost was Michigan, which is a rivalry game when I think it was on the road. I think it was played at Michigan. So what are you looking for, the four best teams, or are you looking for the four most deserving teams? And and can we figure out what that means? Because there's no doubt Florida State was deserving. There is no doubt 
there is little doubt to me that Georgia was deserving to be undefeated for that long. And the only game they lost was the conference championship. You know, Florida State is not the same team without their quarterback, but neither would be Alabama. I mean, what if Milroy is opening Christmas presents and gets hurt? I mean, what if he like gets a paper cut and you know has to has to wear a splint on his finger on his passing hand? What if he gets a you know gets a bike and goes out there and you know twists an ankle? Alabama's not the same team without their quarterback. What if they get hurt on the first play of the game? What if Washington's quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., gets hurt on the first play of the game? They are not the same team without him as the quarterback. So what do you do? Do you say, okay, look, they're not the same team without him as a quarterback. Let's go get FSU. Florida State deserved to be there. But I don't know that you could say that with a straight face without their starting quarterback, that they're one of the best four teams in the country. So how do we reconcile? You deserve it. You've done nothing wrong. You've won every game you played. You overcame adversity. But if you were to ask me if Florida State with their second or third turning quarterbacks played Texas, Alabama, Georgia, or Washington, I would say they would lose to all four. So I I think it's heartbreaking. I, I looked at I looked at the Florida State coach's reaction when he's sitting there with his players. What else could you have done? Nothing. But I also thought about Kirby Smart. And and you know, but what are you gonna leave out Alabama? You're gonna leave out you're going to leave out Alabama and Georgia? You're going to put Florida State in? I mean, is there really any argument that the winner of the SEC is not one of the best four teams in the country? Maybe. I mean, I don't think so. But here's the good news, Mary Langston. Uh, we're moving to a broader playoff. There will still be this debate. It'll just be a debate about, you know, 12 versus 13, not four versus five. I hate it for the Florida State kids that are never going to have a chance to play. And the, I, and, and, and the, you know, the Georgia folks have had a chance to play, but it, it gut wrenching, but I don't know. I need to know, are we looking for the four best teams or are we looking for something as, you know, hard to define as the four most deserving teams. If you're looking for the four best teams, I think, uh, I think they got three of them right, and I think if Georgia played Michigan, Georgia would win. But I'm going to get a lot of hate mail from my friends in the Big Ten. So just address it all to Mary Langston. She reads all my hate mail for me. Well, well said to that, and I'll take your hate mail, but I don't think we're going to get any in the first place. But thank you so much for answering all those questions, Trey. That's all we have. Sad, 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 sad. I hate it for all the kids. I would have hated it. I know. You know, I just... I don't know. It, it's yeah. It's I mean, and they only have a certain amount of years that they're there. Yeah, and you know, it, it's the the thing about injuries. It's it's impossible to not factor in like Dak Prescott. If he got hurt, you know, Dallas is not the same football team. Mm-hmm. But but do you say we're not even going to give you a chance with your backup? You know, we're not even like. Stranger things have happened. Villanova beat Georgetown in NCAA basketball. NC State mm. beat Houston. I mean, that was not some David beat Goliath. Mm. Nope. I don't know. It's sad, heartbreaking, but it is. Um, but we'll see. And um, you know, hopefully in the future, 
Well, we'll still have this debate. It just, it just, it'll be about, you know, different teams. It won't be about who the top four will be the top 12. So with that, I hope you have a fantastic week to everyone heading into Mm -hmm. Christmas and happy Hanukkah and all of that season's greetings to people. It's a season of miracles and um, for a lot of people, the happiest time of the year. And for some people, it's a reminder of what they've lost. So we'll be thinking about everybody. We certainly will. And we'll see y'all next Thursday. All righty. Take care. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.